for me to really reveal the beauty of women, you know, I've got to cleanse and detox on jealousy and envy every day. Okay. Um, that's just a part of my recipe for life. Hi, everybody. I'm Katina McHenry. Welcome to a new episode of Fuck Fear. Thank you so much for staying with us and listening to each of these episodes. I so appreciate you guys coming along for every single topic that we talk about because the, the fears that we talk about are things that it feels like at least a lot of us, if not a majority of us or all of us experience. Today, we are talking about fear of imposter syndrome. And my guest today, I just love her from the minute I met her and it was just a spontaneous meeting. We were about to cross paths and her energy and light was just amazing and beautiful. And I'm so happy to welcome her here today, Kim Roxy. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Kim oh Roxy goodness. is the founder and CEO of Lamique Beauty, which is a clean beauty brand that caters to multicultural women. After opening her own shop at the age of 21 with just a $500 investment, she ran that store for 14 years. And she was the youngest African-American woman to have her products carried in a major department store. That is fantastic. In 2019, she pivoted her business and launched Lamique as an e-commerce beauty company and then in 2020 she secured a partnership with an augmented reality company to launch a tech enabled website that allows customers to digitally try on cosmetics she is award-winning she's won all kinds of business awards and i am so happy to welcome her here today hey kim hey Katina. i am I so happy to be here thank you i am so happy to have you i'm so happy that this worked out it, mm -hmm. it thrills my heart. Yes. And, you know, I, when we were talking about kind of tossing around the topics, what I appreciated was your honesty about okay. just where you are as a business person, a mom, a woman, and just in the world. And what I appreciated was your honesty about some of the fears that you experience. Because I look at your Instagram, I look at all the things that you've done and all the things that you're doing. And <laughs> You know, I mean, it's what people see and it looks right. like you're, you're killing it. But what <laughs> I appreciated was you being honest about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to start first before we get into that and ask you what right now, what are you afraid of? Um, right now, I'm afraid my daughter is going to come in and let us have it like <laughs> come in and just be like, yeah, so this, oh, hey, Katina, you know, and start talking to you and then take over my interview. That's what I'm most afraid of at the moment. And uh, shout out to all the moms and dads who are, you know, trying to work through it all and, and everything. Um, but, uh, but that's what's bringing me the most fear at the moment. But if I get past that <laughs> and remember that that's almost normal at this point, um, I can, you know, also talk about, um, you know, just, just how, just how much I uh, sometimes feel the future and what mm. is, and what is on the, you know, other side of whatever thing that's happening, whether it be exciting and amazing or even a challenge. Um, because it's funny, you know, you want exciting and amazing things to happen. And then sometimes fear will go, oh, that won't last long. You know, something mm -hmm. else, you know, it, you, it's something you overlooked, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, that whole fear of the future and sort of like sometimes even fear of, of um, a mistake that I didn't catch, like, or something like that. Like, what is, 
what's you know what am I going to find out that I didn't do right um yeah so uh, sometimes that's that's what yeah that's what hits me right now Ooh, all those are so real so very real and so very present it feels like yeah 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about fear of imposter syndrome, because I yeah. think social media just uh, makes this real for us every day, because if yeah. you're running a business, you have to be on social media if you want to be, um, well, if you want to be successful in the ways that it's necessary to be successful. So and let's go back to when you first started your business at the young age of 21. How do you think fear of imposter syndrome affected you then? And how do you think it affects you now? Yeah, actually, when I first started as an entrepreneur at 21, I had just graduated from college and I didn't have a promise of a job. So I basically made my own job mm -hmm. is what happened. And if the job I was working at would have told me, hey, stick around, come work with us, I probably would have done it. But they didn't ask me that. <laughs> and it was a makeup counter I was working at. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't ask me that. Uh, and so, I, you know, for me, imposter syndrome back then probably it took one person to say hey you're the top salesperson you probably could you know do something yourself you say you don't have a job ready and I was like yeah I don't have a job and like my manager was like you can you can open up your own makeup shop or whatever you're great with you know with these women and I was like you know what I love making women feel good about themselves I could and I was like back at home we don't have a place where you know especially women with my skin tone you know deep skin tone women have a place where they're celebrated. I was like, I can make something like that in Houston. Um, and so she helped me get over the initial imposter syndrome of thinking that I wasn't, you know, the person to open up what this vision that I saw. Um, but then after that, to be honest, imposter syndrome really didn't affect me a lot. Um, um, sometimes ignorance is bliss, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, you don't even know what to be afraid of. You don't even know what what's on the other side. So uh, it really didn't affect me a lot. And back then, I didn't even know what imposter syndrome was. I didn't hear about imposter syndrome until probably like 2017 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So as you continue through the business and then opening your own shop and as you learned more about what imposter syndrome is and how and how, how did you observe it in other people to know and to define it for yourself? Um, well, the good part, the interesting thing if you want to know about women, talk to a makeup artist or a hairstylist, hear, <laughs> right. you know, they hear, we know we hear so much stuff. They got to have all the secrets, <laughs> all the secrets that I, you know, that I have, uh, and, and, and that's a good thing. I, I keep them buried, you know, uh, but, but it's funny because I get to hear people's, you know, project their imposter sort of syndrome and the things that they're going through and I hear it in so many different fields and capacities and industries that they might be in um and you know I would tell women um because I'm not even 40 yet but and, and I'm saying that because I would tell most women who are in between the ages of probably like almost 40 to like between 40 and about 45 ish or so even sometimes late 30s um, say to them, man, you sure do. They tell me something they want to do. And I'm like, and then they'll talk themselves out of it in that moment. I'm mm. like, you sure do. Um, you sure do overthink stuff. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> how many more degrees can you get to be qualified for whatever you're saying that you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. And, um, I just would notice that the belief that women were worthy 
um, to be um, was something that I noticed inside of other women. And again, during that time, I really didn't know what imposter syndrome was. I really was just in my level of, you know, just going through and having a good time in my business. So when I made that switch in 2018, that's probably when I kind of hit the, the hurdle of, of recognizing imposter syndrome in my own self, recognizing it and, and sort of having to work through it. Yeah. So how does it affect you? Like, tell me about just the fears that you had that, that may have been there at the beginning and, and, and developed through the years that you've had to work through as, as a woman and then also as an entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and I have to and I have to say, you know, as a black woman, um, yes, because uh, there are so many things that are projected to me, sure, um, that are, are false and that can become believable, and, and then here I go, right, going along mm-hmm. with it. So sometimes I would like to say that imposter syndrome is actually uh, sort of projected to us. Um, you know, you 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 get the education, you get all of these things that's needed, you have the experience, but then, oh, you're just not good enough. And so then you you continue, you start to operate in that space. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship for us is that it helps to give us a, a freedom card out of that. And out of that, you know, after mm-hmm. out of that bondage of, you know, you're not worthy and you're not what you think you are kind of thing. Um, and so, I would say that, you know, for me as a, as a black woman, having those projections sort of come at me and how I realized that, hey, when I look at my repertoire, when I look at my business, my chemist is one of the best in the, in the world. Um, my lab that I work out of is a lab that people seek and wish that they could produce products out of. And I look at, you know, the way that I looked at sustainability and, and uh, being green and all that and clean ingredients. Um, I was studying these things long before it was even a trend or people even paying attention. I was doing a lot of education. Um, look, I made brows hot, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I understood. So my thing is, and I say all that to say that even though I wasn't sort of being pumped up that I was the person that could lead these trends, I had to recognize after a while that that even though people may never give you credit, even though people may never look for you as the person, um, if I sort of feel like I'm imposing on that and I'm making that up, then I'm going to hold hold myself back from all that I can truly be. Yeah, yeah. How have you navigated that space of being a black woman in the cosmetic beauty space mm-hmm. that some see as um, is oversaturated in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you navigated that space? I mean, obviously, you know, you're set apart in a sense that you are doing clean beauty, mm-hmm. but how have you, how have you navigated that space and how difficult has that been? I've navigated the, the space by immersing myself in the space. So I've went to, you know, things that people were like, you know, how did you find out about this? <laughs> mm, mm. And, and the way that the, so it's not like, how did you find out about this? It's how did you, how did you find out about this? That says a lot. I've been in places where people, have, you know, like asked me that and I know what they meant because yeah. they looked at me, you know. Expand like, on you- that a little bit. 
like <laughs> and how how you receive that experience yeah 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 i i remember being you know i'm from houston texas um uh, uh originally but i remember being in new york you know going to you know very you know influential important events that you know people knew you know that certain people knew about kind of thing or whatever and just being received in the room and, and sort of being asked those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just made me aware of the environment I was in and also who I'm dealing with kind of thing. But it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to back down, mm -hmm. right? But it does let me know what's going on. And so it also makes me aware of some, 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 some ignorance, some things in the room that's happening and that I should be aware of. Um, and, uh, but it's, but it's very interesting. I've heard that, you know, more than one occasion. Um, and especially when people know that they hadn't, how can I say it? People know that when some people know that they didn't have you in their network, if I right. can say it. And so it's sort of like, how did you get in the network? You know, how did you find out? How do you, how did you know? You know, we, we thought we had this, you know, but buttoned uh, up, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 So, you know, so how did you get in? You know, kind of thing. And so um those, you know, those kind of experiences happen and, and especially in our industry. And I'm sure it happens in other industries as well. Um, but for me, you know, when I I, I kind of you know, kind of laugh to myself like I'm in the right place now, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when we when that starts to happen, but also too. Again, then sometimes that can be projected sort of now I'm, you know, now I'm in the wrong place, you know, they're going to find out, you know, or something, but you, you, you have to, um, you have to understand that those things are going to happen. Um, but it lets me know what's going on. You know, it lets me know what's going on here too. Yeah. Yeah. Has it changed how you felt about what you were doing at all? Those kinds of experiences? Yeah, it, it, it. It, it um okay from my you know we have like these two sides of us where we want to be accepted yes and then where we want to you know sort of accept the fact that we're going to be unique and disruptive or whatever that sure. means um but a certain part of us you know always just wants to sort of be accepted right just want people to sort of and uh when I realize that you know sometimes in some rooms in some situations you know I'm not going to get that sort of acceptance then I realize that you know my job especially in this industry is to sort of disrupt and be, and also pave a way for a way that hasn't been done. So historically the clean beauty industry has not served women of any skin tone past tan. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not busy or oversaturated when it comes to that at all. And so, um, you know, I know that and I know it's as a fact. And so th the fact that that's the case, then I don't allow, you know, I understand that I'm sort of trailblazing and, you know, and, and I don't even say it in a, like a, uh, a glamorous way. I really say it in a more rough kind of way yes. that I know I got to go through this stuff, be talked to in that way, sometimes go through the different things, but working on that and sort of being focused in on that. Yeah. When you talked about being accepted, it made me think that being accepted as a black woman is not holistic. It is, it is more individualized. So it's like being accepted one for who you are being mm -hmm. accepted two for being a woman, being accepted three for being a black woman, and then mm -hmm. being accepted because you're an expert in the field that you're in. 
<laughs> it's very I feel like it's very compartmentalized. And yes. and when you walk into these spaces where people don't expect to see you, you have to like remember all those things and get ready to explain each of those compartments and those boxes. Can you, you are, can, can you talk about that those experiences for yeah, you? Yeah, I'm like you are a teacher. You know, you are a teacher. You are a walking teacher, a mobile mm -hmm. teacher because you're having to to, to educate and explaining becomes starts to become education sure. um, and, and, and you have to educate. And, um, you know, I remember one time we were in a room together. It was an event at a hotel, I think it was, and you were hosting or doing something like that. I'm trying to think the name of this event and you were oh, there. Yes, that was at, yes. um, what's that hotel downtown Austin? Oh my gosh, that was a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, and I bought your book. Yeah, oh my gosh, you did. Oh my gosh, I totally yes. forgot about that, Kim. Yes, yes, I loved it. But you, I mean, in that in that room, because I remember that room was dominated um, by by folks who, when they walked in a the room, they were accepted because they look alike. So when right. you talk about acceptance, like you said, it's so many different parts of it. And when you walk in a room and you're different or whatever, you're being disruptive without even trying to be disruptive. Uh-huh just disruptive because you walked in and you got curly hair and everybody else hair is straight. Right. Just by, you being know what I mean? Or, yes. or whatever that is, you know? Um, and so when we look at it, um, I saw you do it and navigate through it. And, you know, that was really <laughs> inspired. I love the way you did it that day. Ah, thank you. Um, yeah. That was yeah. a women's conference. I, um, yeah, I MC. That's right. A couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. And, but not all women's conferences are diverse. That's right. You know? you know, and in the way that everybody sort of looks or maybe, you know, backgrounds, whatever it is, because diversity is, is a, a range of things, right? And so um, I just say that to say that when you're in here and you're in those rooms and you're having to navigate that in, in sort of the acceptance thing and all of that, sometimes you have to make it, which it is, cool to be who you are and sort of, you know, people start to see and like, oh, you know, like maybe they didn't hear you talk before or whatever, or when you do get the microphone or, or when it is your chance to introduce yourself or whatever that is, those interactions are, um, you know, being true to who you are and, and, and showing your willingness uh, to extend yourself to others and mm -hmm. not allowing, you know, your imposter syndrome or your uh, past occurrences with people uh, to be the basis on how you enter this room and deal with people. I don't, mm. you know, it's sort of like every day we have to sort of release that baggage of whatever, mm. you know, pain or whatever we've been through or the way somebody treated us to get then going to the next one or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is so true. You know, my mom said, she would always say this. And it's one of the things I always remember is, um, she said basically not to take things so personal, like when people don't treat you well or don't treat you <laughs> as well as you think you should be treated. She says people are people are going like everybody's going through something through basically. Something. Yeah. And so you yeah. have to realize that that interaction may not have been about you. It may no. have been an experience that that person had right before they ran into you that they still haven't, you know, dealt with or handled or, or processed or whatever. So I always think about that. But then at the same time, I think, well, no, they meant to do that. 
<laughs> and then I have to reconcile, you know, I have to really reconcile with myself about that too. So, yeah, you know, something else interesting that you said regarding imposter syndrome um, was how we combat that idea that we're being sucked up into imposter syndrome. And one of the things you said is appearing to be busy, like, like the idea of, oh, well, I'm so busy right now. And, you know, posting that on social maps, so much stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. So talk, talk a little bit about that and how you, and how you, and the ways that you have, because you're afraid of like what people are going to think or see, I mean, this again, going back to just the fear of imposter syndrome. Right, right, right. The, 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 I am, you know, the, I'm busy sort of uh, task that you put up, you know, the uh, filter that you put up, uh, mm -hmm. um, uh, to seem, you know, because you always want people to feel like you're accomplishing or you're you're focused or you know whatever that is, um, then to satisfy, you know, whatever image that you feel like um, will project you as whatever image you think these people have for you. It's it's right. it's really right. It's really it's really this whole snake effect of all of these things that you feel like will. Will, 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 you know, sort of, how can I say? <laughs> it's, it's almost like you buy into whatever image that you start to put out there. You start to forget who you are because you bought, you didn't bought into it too. Right. You, know? yes. you bought into it too. <laughs> yes. But like they say, you drinking, you drinking the Kool-Aid too. You know, you <laughs> drink your own Kool-Aid, you know, you, you start to buy into it too. But yeah, the, the, the I'm busy is definitely, you know, and, and I mean, People will call me and say, I know you're busy and you can't da, 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 da. And so then they they basically ask me out of stuff. And I'm like, I didn't say that, but okay. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like right. I didn't say that I couldn't, you know, da, 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 da. And so, but what happens is, is that because of social media and stuff like that, people make that assumption. Um, then you buy into it and then you're like, I'm always busy. But what ends up happening uh, for me because um, busy can mean different things for different people. But for me, sometimes busy um, isn't the right term that I might want to, that I need to use for my sure. own mental health. Um, and what happens is, is that when you start to go with that, that I'm busy thing, um, sometimes it can disrupt your inner peace because mm. you can just feel like you're always just like going on this little hamster wheel. And, uh, but, but everybody's telling you, you're busy. You're looking busy. You bought into it, and then now my inner peace is disturbed because I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm, you know, I'm all over the place, kind of. Right, kind of right, 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 right. How yeah. much do you think social media plays into that? Because now that you're an e-commerce business, I mean, obviously you've been a, been that for a while, but but I'm saying that to say e-commerce forces you to be online and to create and build on your presence online. So how much do you think imposter syndrome, I mean, I'm sorry, how much do you think social media plays into that idea of I'm always busy and, and needing to portray this presence on social media? Yeah, um, I think that, um, I think that sometimes, you know, Social media for me, it has been a good thing, but then it also has been a source of like, even when I talk about I'm busy, um, sort of like uh, a source of my procrastination at times mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you also the busy part also makes you stay away from 
you know, the fear, the outcome of facing whatever you need to face or whatever the case might be. Yes. Um, but uh, social media sometimes, again, just like kind of plays into it and you sort of just go right and, you know, you just, you get carried away with it or whatever, you know, just, and when I say carried away, I'm just talking about from your own boundaries. Um, but I would say that like social media at the same time though, has allowed me to come across because I like to do videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it also allows me to come across as, to me, as I can tell my truth even better. Sure. You know, and that's the part that I actually appreciate because I can imagine if, if, you know, I only get to put out the picture or whatever, but don't get to sort of tell the story behind it or give more context in the way that it comes across or what have you. So social media also has been a help because it allows me to sort of tell my side of the story, help to create, you know, help to narrate my own story. Um, and I can be honest because I got to keep it real. I cannot, mm -hmm. you know, I got to shave my head. I got to tell you my hair is falling out. I got to tell you, like, that's why I shave my head. Like I'm having hair loss issues. Like that's what it is. I'm going bald. I love it. It's amazing. Da, da, da. Oh, I just got a brand new wig for my friend. I'm so excited. She makes wigs for women who want to wear hair, who maybe don't have hair, whatever. You know, like all these different things. I just have to just lay it on there. I have yeah. to just have fun with it and accept because somebody else is somewhere struggling with their own acceptance. And if they can become this and all this other kind of stuff, because they, you know, whatever, the things that they're dealing with. So um, social media in some ways is really good for me because it allows me to tell my truth and, and sort of speak for myself, um, versus only like before social media, what people would, you know, like a news report or the newspaper or whatever, and it would be telling the story for you. Kind right. Of yeah. How much do you think the idea of, um, of just paying attention and letting what everybody else is doing affect you. Cause I, I recently got caught up in that and I was just like, I had to like step away <laughs> and take a week break because I, I got so caught up in feeling like I wasn't at the level that I really want to be from, oh, yeah. you know, an oh, entrepreneurial yeah. standpoint, a business yeah. standpoint, a person standpoint. Yeah. And you see yeah. all these things that people are so-called doing and, yeah. you know, in the ways that they are, what we see as success, whether it's yeah. making a lot of money or getting featured in a magazine. And oh. I was just like, what I was spinning my wheels. I was like, what am I doing? I'm not at the level that I want to be. And I'm seeing all this stuff. And uh, I just had to shut, I just had to shut it down for a week mm -hmm. to just take mm -hmm. a break. But mm -hmm. how, how and, and again, that's imposter syndrome, like all of my fears <laughs> right there. So, and how does that, how does it apply to you in that way? Yeah. I, I mean, looking at what everybody else is doing and their life is going amazing. And, you know, look, they just bought a house. I'm over here trying to look for a new house. Like, you know, like whatever, mm -hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> like all of these things. Look how wonderful that is. And what I've, you know, what I've recognized is sometimes you have to like check and be like, remember who you are again kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And for me, I am, my calling is to reveal the beauty of women Yes. in every way. That's the reason why when I interacted with you, like even when I just met you outside of that place or have yep. you, you know, um, even without a makeup brush in my hand, my, 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 my calling is to reveal the beauty of women. It could just be 
whatever, as soon as I show up, it's supposed to happen, right? And it's, it's supposed to be that people are supposed to feel the freedom to, to be that. And, and to me, it's actually um, one of the most complimenting things for me is when I'm with a person and they're free to be themselves, like and free mm-hmm. to like talk in their truth and, and be authentic and all that kind of stuff. Like that's when I know I'm like, I'm, okay, I, I hit it right this time, like kind uh-huh. of thing. Um, because when we sort of, again, continue with the airs and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, um, we, you know, that's not, that's not really the place. Um, the beauty hasn't been revealed yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, um, and I say that a reason why I bring that up in regards to when we're talking about looking at other things and fearing that we're not where we're supposed to be compared to someone else is because. I have to remember my calling and immediately I have to check myself sometimes and say, no, you're supposed to be the one that's supposed to be rooting for that person. Mm. Like you, you're supposed to be the one that's supposed to be the biggest cheerleader, like letting them have like, so you're getting caught up on you and what you don't got going on. And that's not even your position. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's not even your, that's not even your call, you know, like calling. So what, you know, and I had to, and, and, and that's what I have to check myself on when that happens, because Again, especially when it comes to women, that's that's my position. That's my position, and I committed to that position. And so um, I, that's how I have to check myself because sometimes, yeah, for sure, I do it almost every day. You know, yeah, I see somebody yeah. do something amazing. Oh my god, that would be so cool if I had that, or I did that, or I went there, or whatever. You know, it is. And then it's like, man, what's your position again? Okay, let me. <laughs> you know, you know, like I have to check myself. Like, you know, that's not your. You know, your position is supposed to be da 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 because. To believe it or not, continue. Somebody's looking at you saying the same thing, right? And, oh, right. and and they're thinking about you going, man, she sure does have it going on. She got this, she got that, she got kids, she got a job, she got this, you know, but all these things I got, a, she got a, a business, all these things you have. And they're looking at you saying the same thing. And they're like literally crying themselves to sleep at night saying, oh. man, man, if I was like her, man, my life would be so much better, right? And you, and just imagine if you, heard that person saying that you'd be like girl if you don't right if you don't stop right now <laughs> do you not know stop. right so I just say that to say that you know for me I have to check myself in regards to the position I have to play in women's lives and I for me to really reveal the beauty of women you know I've got to cleanse and detox on jealousy and envy every day Mm, okay yeah. um that's just a part of my recipe for life is that I have to cleanse and detox so like I said when it starts to settle in I gotta cleanse I gotta get that out gotta get that out um and um and then also I know somebody's looking at me I know somebody's looking at you continue saying oh man da 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 and I don't want them to feel that way right, right. I want them to be satisfied and happy with their lives um and so I think you know, there's a part of social media that's not responsible. You know, they put it all over in people's faces, da 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 da. But then at the same time, somebody might look at my page and say that too, because they 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 only look at certain things. Maybe they don't even listen to the video. They're only looking at a picture. You know, so they're not getting the full content. So um, as consumers of it, we got to be responsible. But then also, as people who put up the content, you know, we try to be as responsible as we know how as well as being authentic to to our whole story. Sure. I love that. I love that. I love what you said about cleansing and detoxing every day. 
because like, you know, not, and it's not just what you said. It's like the metaphor that goes along with that because of the industry that you're in and what makeup is. And it's more than just a lipstick and an eyeshadow and a blush and, you know, sharp brows. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like for you, it goes obviously deeper than that because mm -hmm. of what it is. T t tell mm -hmm. everyone what LAMIC stands for, first of all. Oh yeah, LAMIC yeah. is an acronym that stands for love and makeup and kindness. Yes, I love yes. that. I yes. love that. And being kind to yourself is just as important. Love and being kind to yourself. Being kind to yourself, being kind yes. to others, being kind to others, um, being kind to others. Because again, back to what we just said, with jealousy and envy and all that, it's no way to be beautiful. You know, it's no way to reveal your beauty every day like that. You know, I believe in, in my, some of the um, uh, listeners might be hearing me say, reveal your beauty. Well, I believe that beauty is revealed and not applied. Mm. Um, that's a quote I came up with a long time ago. Um, and that's sort of our, our statement. That's our mantra. Uh, beauty is revealed, not applied. So, you know, being kind to yourself um, having love for yourself, having love for others um, is the way that, you know, beauty is revealed. Yeah, I love that. Well, in the work that you do with women on a regular basis, how, and and like, like you said, makeup artists, uh, nail technicians, hair artists, they know everybody's secrets. <laughs> so just in your experience and then in your day-to-day -day experience, how do you, what are you hearing from women when it comes to imposter syndrome and how do you use what you do? How do you use makeup to, um, to, to help them get to a better place? How, how you know, I really want to know how imposter syndrome um in in the in the rating of fears or the you know I guess the positions of fears how high does it rank um I think that you know it it ranks it ranks pretty high I mean mm -hmm. when you think about the way that it manifests in our bodies um you know when you think about that part of it um when I like when I look at a woman's face I see different things and I don't ever see ugly. Um, so I don't ever look at a woman and, and look at her and see what's wrong with her or something like that. Um, sometimes I might look and I see um, different things that's going on with her on her face, whether it be sometimes depression or um, anxiousness or, or, or maybe sometimes the eating kind of you can see on the face and all that kind of stuff. Um, the lack of sleep or whatever, all these different little things are, and, and even when we talk about imposter syndrome, you know, even that, like, you know, sometimes the, the nervous system in the, uh, in the eye area and stuff like that, um, mm. all these different kind of things sometimes can show up on, on our actual faces um, and our skin is our largest organ, right? So it's just, it can show up um, in those different ways. Um, when it comes to what women are talking about, um, I think that I think that women, to be honest, I think that the imposter syndrome that a lot of women feel, feel is not what they want to feel. I think a lot of it has been projected to them mm, mm -hmm. and they just take it on as truth and they take it on as, so, so, so here, this is the thing. When a woman would come inside of a, the, the, the makeup shop, I remember immediately if I give her the mirror, I could have just done something to show her the difference of her eyebrows, something. 
she would be like, oh, that eyebrow looks good, but oh my gosh, look at this, look at that. She'd just go through all of this stuff that ain't, oh, that's not yes. that's that's not right, right? Oh my gosh, I need to lose 10 pounds. Look at my chin. You know, like they just go through all this stuff. And I'm like, I told you to look at your eyebrow. (laughs) It's like, what are we doing right now? So I say that to say, if we only knew how much people actually trash all the good stuff they hear about them and only hold on to sometimes the negative. Um, And so when I think about imposter syndrome, I think that um, I guess I'm just very compassionate towards women, but I'm like, I don't think it's all their fault. I think yes. a lot of it has to do with what's been projected to them and what they've held on to um, and yeah. how they see themselves now has a lot to do with that. And rather it happened in childhood, rather it happened at their first corporate job position, um, rather it happened you know, at their first internship, wherever it happened, it happened and and they just start to hold on to that. And now, you know, whatever they become or whatever it is, is is still not bigger than what I was told about me or, or saw or projected to me. So, right. That's so interesting. Cause you know, I think a lot of that projection too comes from the beauty industry. Who's trying to make money on pointing out (laughs) women's flaws, right? Like I same thing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting wrinkles. Like, Oh, I'm not saying that I'm going to go do something about it. I'm just like, Oh my God. I noticed that like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, and- much of it. And depending on where you live, right. I'm from LA. And so, you know, beauty, how you look, um, material it is very much, uh, pr- promoted, projected, all of those things, looking a certain way, not getting old. Oh my gosh. How much anti stuff is anti-aging stuff is out there. And- Think about and think about how much to your point of how the beauty industry has, like you said, capitalized on that. So when you think about imposter syndrome, the reason why this conversation is so relevant to my industry is because in the industry I'm in and the one that I'm here to do a makeover on, um, because the industry needs a makeover, not the people, mm-hmm. um, not my customers. They, they, they good, they look good, right? right? The industry, the industry needs a makeover. Um, and, uh, the reason why these are so parallel is because of the fact that imposter syndrome is, you know, is a part of the, the feeling to make you feel like a fraud. And when you wear makeup and you feel like you look great and gorgeous and da, 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 da. And then when you take it off and somebody says to you, oh, you look so different without makeup or whatever. Now, you, again, here goes the fraud part. Oh my gosh, I don't really look like this for real, you know? And that's not, let me tell you something. If... <laughs> Oh my gosh. If a lot of people don't put on a little undergarments or I don't put on, we're not going to look the same either when I go outside, right? Exactly. So, so, you know, it's like, you know, so if I don't put on certain clothes that fit me the right way, okay, I'm not going to look the same. You'll be like, you know, so I think that, you know, that idea that I'm a fraud or I'm not, you know, I'm being fake or whatever the case might be, it might not be what people perceive, I think is just, uh, 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 not, I think a different viewpoint would be helpful mm-hmm. because that's not, that's not the way you have to feel. Um, and wearing makeup doesn't make you a fraud. It doesn't make you, um, it doesn't, it's not that, you know, when you take it off, you're supposed to look at another kind of, yeah, you're going to look different. That's the whole point, right? right. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the reason why. Right. Um, 
but but it's the same way with clothes or with haircut or a beard that you know all the guys are rocking now trying to look a certain way right. uh, i've never seen anybody take on a look like men have with this beard all of a sudden everybody has one so you can never talk about women and how we take on certain looks right nice. and so um i think that that sort of projection and i and, and the parallel between imposter syndrome and even to the makeup industry is is a, re- a really layered conversation yes it is I, we could probably spend a whole hour on that just yeah. all the stuff we see everywhere from ads you know television <clears throat> in the in the drugstores you know i mean everybody has an anti-aging section everybody has a this kind of scent and it's all anti and it's like it's gonna happen naturally just we, we start dying the minute we're born <laughs> and we yeah. age. Like this is how we age. Yeah. Thankfully yeah. for us, we age yeah. a little bit better. <laughs> we, age, we age a little different. Little we different. age, we age a little different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's called karma. Um, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Well, what would be your um, three... I would say three pieces of advice for, for not just women, but anybody who may be caught up, I wouldn't say suffering from, who may be caught up and influenced and, and facing fears of imposter syndrome. What would you say from your own experience? Um, don't uh, accept the fact that you're successful naturally. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, sort of, look for external things to um to like tell to like sit like tell you that so accept the fact that you're successful naturally you know who you are you know how how well you think you know the good that's in your heart you know your intentions you know how hard you work accept the fact that you're successful naturally um is number one um and and that kind of, if you want to change up the word for successful, you could say beautiful naturally, whatever that is. Um, but whatever that big word is that makes you feel confident or validated, give yourself that validation you do, you know, um, and not look at external factors to just do that, number one. Uh, number two, I would say, you know, look, you are, um, start practicing how to say your accomplishments without apologizing Mm -hmm. so practice that though practice that like you know when I was on here you know when we started this this conversation I actually that was one of my practice I was telling you things that I had gone that I've done and stuff like that and I was talking through it that was me practicing I was like oh yeah I'm gonna try it today I'm gonna say it and I'm not gonna (laughs) apologize right and I think that you know practicing on saying things so you don't apologize don't don't go oh my you know I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, or, you know, we'll say stuff like, um, uh, we'll say it so, so like it wasn't important or it didn't take a lot of effort or whatever the case might be. And people, you know, sort of dismiss it the way that you delivered it. Sure. So practice on your delivery, um, of, of your accomplishments and, uh, and the things that just make you really unique and, and some of the accomplishments are, are varied, um, I love to hear women's stories. I mm-hmm. love to hear a woman, you know, I've heard so many stories and it's just, it's just like, wow, you got through that. You know, whatever your story is, you, you did that. And so uh, being able to practice on your delivery of it, um, I think it's really important yeah. and really important to be able to do um, because, uh, because then the more you, um, I played the piano growing up when practice makes perfect. So, and you practice that and you on your delivery, 
then you'll start to see it and uh, it'll flow and it won't even be a big deal and, and it won't feel uncomfortable and that whole imposter syndrome won't be able to take over um, because you because you've done that. Number three, I would say, you know, this is just like, girl, everybody's a mess. I, I'm just right. here to tell you, everybody's a mess. So everybody's true. a mess. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't nobody got their shit together. No. Um, uh, most people, I mean, I could just go on and on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a mess. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> Even celebrities, even people you think, uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Everybody is struggling with something, right? And and some things with the S at the end. Right, Uh, right. um, uh, And I just say that to say that you are not the only one. So trust the timing. If you're not able to go because something came up, da, 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 trust the timing. Um, you know, you know, this happened, that happened, your key is da 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 da. Trust the timing. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to, you know, a more slow paced, steady climb. Right. It is not, it is not a TikTok video where you snap your fingers and everything changes and, right. and, and does that. So I believe in even believing back into a slow, steady climb. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. That, that, I think that is one of the most important things you said, because that is like the underlying definition of imposter syndrome is thinking you should be a certain place when yes, you have to think that way to get there, but it may not be your time at that particular time. So you have to be willing to be patient with the process. Yeah. I love that. I looked up the word patient recently and it said to be able to wait without getting angry. Mm. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> that has to sink in. That it said patient. The definition of being patient is the ability to be able to wait without getting angry. Wow. That is a big job. Yep. That is, and, and that applies to everything. Just, yep. It could be waiting in line to, to, to do something or sitting in traffic or whatever. You know how many more people would be, al- be alive if we had patience? So oh. to your point of, you know, you think about road rage, people getting killed. Think about waiting, somebody, you know, um, being hurt because they, they, people got impatient. Being impatient can kill somebody. Being impatient right. can hurt someone. Um, so yeah, heck yeah, it's a big job, but it's something that, that, that if, you know, if we commit to or can do, or can just practice, um, it's, it's a, it could change, it can be transformative to your life and it can help you live too. Um, and so that's why I'm like that slow and steady, um, grind. Cause also too, sometimes we get disappointed when it's like, oh, this is not my time. Like, what do you mean? Like, that's not my time. What, well, it depends on your perspective. Even when you're working and, 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 and doing something, even when you're waiting, you're waiting. A waiter, you know, when you think about waiting, waiting is still serving and, and, and doing those things until your time or something to change has happened. That's right. When the situation has changed and then it's time for you to do something different. But uh, even in that, sometimes people say, you know, it's not my time. No, it's still your time. Your time, whatever you're sent to do at that time, 
that's the time to do it. And that time won't come back around again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the reason why you can't get frustrated and upset and angry because the time that you have, you know, um, continue, we, t we talked earlier about our kids offline and stuff. I mean, the time that you have with your daughter, just to say a 14, that's not coming back around again. That's so, right. you know, we, we can become impatient and want her to be 18 or whatever, but we're going to miss all of those moments in between. And so right. when we're all like, you know, growing and wanting to be more successful and one of all this other stuff, but being present and taking your time and the slow grind is still good because those days or whatever that was won't come back around again. Um, and uh, whatever that new experience is, is going to be there. And it actually might not be what you thought it was. So you better enjoy the days you got because you don't even know what that's really like. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. You have just moved me, girl. Mm. <laughs> we didn't have good times. We, we had good times. I'm serious. Oh, we my gosh. Wow. You have moved me. And, and I so appreciate that. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about having these conversations because we really peel off the layers and really get yeah. underneath all yeah. the stuff that we portray and really yeah. talk about something that is, is piercing to our souls and our hearts and fear is one of those things. And so yeah. I, I appreciate the candidness and I, I, yes. I, today was fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys, we have been talking today with Kim Roxy. She is the founder and CEO of Lamique Beauty. It is a clean beauty brand that caters to multicultural women. Find her everywhere. She's active on Instagram. She's active on social media all over the place. Um, I will have links in the description of this particular episode and also on my website, Katina.com, of where you can find her and buy some of her beauty products or all of them, whatever you want because it's clean. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank you again, Kim. And thank you for listening today. This has been another fantastic episode of Fuck Fear. We'll see you next time. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. Change is inevitable. It's something that's going to happen no matter what. And the better we are at adapting to whatever changes come, the more, you know, the more successful we'll be. Not only is change inevitable, but change is something that frightens a lot of people. And in this pandemic season, change has been forced upon everyone. Some are accepting it without resistance and others not so much. So we're talking about why change is fearful on this new episode of Fuck Fear. Radical forgiveness coach Kim Kennedy returns to talk through the change she's experiencing. And she talks through how others can experience the positive side of change. So be sure to join us. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes. And as always, thank you for listening.